This week, Comics in Motion has an excellent offer exclusively for our listeners. TKO Comics is revolutionizing the comic industry. They have creator-owned series from heavy hitters like Garth Ennis, Jeff Lemire, Joshua Desart, Roxanne Gay, and many more. If you go to tkopresents.com slash discount slash motion20 and use the code motion20 at checkout, you'll receive a 20% discount exclusively for Comics in Motion listeners. That's tkopresent.com slash discount slash motion20 and use the promo code motion20. Happy reading. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Come on, Bob. For old times, huh? Harley Quinn, nice to meet ya. <laughs> Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. My favorite Marvel character ever, but you should never meet your heroes because honestly, he's a bit of a dick. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I am Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Comics in Motion podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Comics in Motion TV and movie reviews for shows that are based on comic books. Myself, I'll be reviewing from the perspective of a long-time comic book reader. And I'll be reviewing from the TV and movie perspective. And what we also like to do is we also like to spoil the hell out of everything we review. So if you haven't watched our choice of the week, then we'd advise you to proceed with caution. And remember, with an average podcast comes no responsibility. Now, Chris, we've had this next review on our list for a little while, haven't we? And I was kind of deliberating over, should this be a comics review or should it be a VHS one but uh, I think we've erred on the side of of doing a comics review so what we're going to review this week we're going to review Dave the 1986 animated movie something that we both hold dear to our hearts Transformers now I've got to ask you how much did Transformers play in your kind of childhood growing up Oh, it was massive, Dave. It was massive. I mean, I had like the 18 figures. I had He-Man. I had I had Love Go-Bots as well, even though that was like a poor oh, yeah. man Transformers. I had Transformers. I had mask figures. I used, to, I used to get up. I mean, you know me. Oh, you know me. mask. I forgot about mask. mask. That was great, yeah, though. Dave, I, I had all of I had the figures. Not all of them, but I had a few of the figures. Mask Crusaders working overtime. The, the yellow one, crime. I remember. I seem to yeah, remember. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the son had like a little moped, didn't he? That was like a robot. And he had the weird, the dad wore like a grey mask thing, didn't he? The dad and that, yeah. who run it all. But, um, G.I. Joe. Yeah, yeah G.I. Joe, yeah. So, I, yeah, exactly. So, I think me and you are very parallel. And I used to get up, Dave, and you know I get up ridiculously early now. I'm like half three, four o'clock most days for work. Uh, even in lockdown, it's pretty much been that I'm getting up. And also at weekends, I literally am up at five, probably is a lie-in for me. And I used to get up at five when I was like eight and nine years old because there used to be cartoons on between five and six on, I think it was ITV, and it was Mask and Transformers, Dave. So... I loved it. I only had, the only figure I actually had properly, I had Starscream, and then I had, I think it was the second-hand Starscream, like one of the ones a couple of years, about 86, 87, from like a school fate or something, or school jumble sale. But I did go with my auntie to Toy and Hobby in Manchester, just near Manchester Armdale, and I bought Jetfire, which I had to look it up about a year ago because someone was selling one on Facebook Marketplace and I never remembered the name because Jetfire was the biggest transformer out of the lot. It was a massive plane that was a Decepticon and then was a a transformer, then a Decepticon, then a transformer who got encapsulated in ice 
And I remember when they they got him out of the ice, he became a goodie again. And I loved him there. absolutely loved that. Um, he was a massive plane. He was so much bigger than all the other trans. He used to transform. So, but one of my friends, about four that houses up, he had. I am not exaggerating. He had all of them. He had the full. I always wanted Optimus Prime with the trailer. He had it all day. All of them. Bumblebee, Ironhide, all of them. And he used to purposely go and play at his house with my jet fire. And he'd be like, <laughs> "Oh, I want jet fire." And I go, "Yeah, you can have it. I want all these." And we'd be playing with them. So, for me, it was a massive thing growing up to about 11, 12 years old. My old my younger brother, Nathan, who's like, he's three years younger than me, he still has a full seven-foot-tall Optimus Prime from them cartoons. He loves that seven 1980s. Foot? Yeah, seven-foot Optimus Prime. Where um, the hell does he keep that? It's in his uh, house somewhere. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> seven-foot? Yeah. How, so, how does uh, he transform that one? <laughs> No, he doesn't. It just stays. It's, it's, he's trying. He's trying to get rid of it, but it's so expensive. People just can't. Uh, you know, we won't pay it, and he can't transport it anywhere because of eBay. So he just he took it back off. Now he's kept it, and just he's there. It's ridiculous when you see. It's amazing, by the way. It's absolutely amazing. But he loves that Gen One Transformers, yeah. and he's younger than me. So when when I was into it, say. 86, 87, so I was 8, 9. He was only 6, 5, 6. So he still remembers it and he loves it, Dave. So And he loves the Japanese manga stuff and he's watched a lot of the Japanese Transformers cartoons as well. So it stayed with our family. My other brother, Adam, who's in between me and Nathan, he's like me. I've got all the Blu-ray discs of the Transformers movies, like the one, even the ones with Matt Wahlberg and stuff. The first three I love a lot. It's with Megan Fox being in the first couple and Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's been it's one of them sleeper franchises, Transformers, that I can always go and watch. And if I'm feeling a bit down, Dave, I will go on YouTube and watch uh, Optimus Prime go, roll out. I love it when he does that. I know it's ridiculous, but Peter Cullen and that brilliant. So what about yourself? Yeah, it was huge. I mean, the the movie obviously came out in 86, but it was from about 84, wasn't it, that you yeah. had uh, you had the animated, you know, the Saturday morning cartoons and everything. Like you say, I'd forgotten about Mask. I tempted to go and dig some of those out after we finish recording, see if there's any on YouTube. But, um, yeah, just and, and everyone at school, you know, all the lads and everything were, were well into their Transformers. And I remember I had uh, a little jazz figure. Oh, yeah. You know, and that was, that was yeah. one of my uh, prized possessions. And I'd say, uh, you know, you again, you'd just go around your mates, wouldn't you, and play a bit of Transformers and then try and figure out how to uh, – how to get them to bloody transform in the first place. I love the fact that they, it, it was a little bit of problem solving, wasn't it? Because they didn't all transform in the same way, you know? So when you get your hands on someone else's toy, usually you're just trying to figure it out and how, how to get it to transform without breaking it. Um, but yeah, absolutely loved the cartoons and, and ended up going to the cinema to watch this one. And, you know, I could not wait to watch it. But Jesus Christ, Chris, I tell you what, you know, at at 10 years old, I think this was probably one of the most traumatic things that I'd ever seen unfold on screen. (laughs) Yeah. I'd had seen Jaws, you know. So uh, I, I, I remember being absolutely, in the first act of this movie, which I'm sure we'll get into, just being absolutely mortified. It's funny, you know, because... I remember seeing this, but watching this movie, I thought what you're talking about with Optimus was at the end. It's pretty at the start. And 
I've been reading up on it, and I know you you actually got me onto this because I never understood the reasoning behind it. I'd never really paid a lot of attention. But when you read it now, fucking terrible what they did there. Just did, and we'll talk <laughs> about that in the review in a minute. But yeah, I, I've seen it a few times, and on YouTube, Dave, the amount of people like you, you read the comments on Optimus there, and they're like, "I cried for days after this." Just, <laughs> you know, I, I I got rid of and someone's like people are putting like I buried me toys, my Optimus Prime toys, and all this. <laughs> Like, you dickheads, go and get them back. Yeah. They're worth money. Hey, if they're still there now, yeah, get them on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's it's interesting that it, it was, for us, it was so synonymous, the Transformers. They were different level. And I mentioned the Goldbots. The Goldbots were like a cheapo version of the Transformers, but like I enjoyed the, them cartoons. The, do, do you remember Duplo? I, I always yeah, used yeah. to get given Duplo instead of instead Lego. Of Lego. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like when you go in the pound shop now and someone's got a Transformer and it's like, we are Boptimus Brian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bobbymus. <laughs> yeah, Mega, Megadon. Yeah, Megadon there, yeah. He's not a gun, he's a machine gun. Yeah, yeah. something like that. But, but you're right, they were always like that. But the cartoon was pretty enjoyable. And I think Mask especially, I think Mask took over Transformers for me because we had this black Corvette, and I don't know what my dad did with it. He was decorating one. He probably fucking threw it out, and he was decorating, and he put it under the stairs, and it's one of these ones. It was the best one out of all of the masked figures, and we used to go hunting Dave for years afterwards going, he's got to be in there. Where is it? My dad was probably, <laughs> we'd probably done something wrong, and my dad lobbed it in the bin or something, but he's like, it's under there, yeah. We, we <laughs> could never find that figure ever again. But my Jetfire uh, got destroyed, actually, so I, I was always gutted when I lost that figure, and I've even tempted Dave because people do sell a lot of the Gen 1 Transformers stuff on Facebook and it come up and I'm thinking, it's like, someone said for like 40 quid and I'm thinking, Sam will go fucking mad. I've got little figures here. Anyway, Gears of War figures, wrestling <laughs> figures in my gaming setup and I'm like, I can't get any more. She'll see that straight away. A big, bloody 10-inch Transformer just appears. So I was like, no, I can't uh, justify that. But that is the one figure I want to get back because I want to right the wrong because it got destroyed, that figure. Yeah. No, I, I think I had Jetfire as well, and you know, it, it probably took me a few years to realise that all of the Decepticons were planes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't realise, you know, it's just ah, kids. Is that Megatron, Dave? Yeah, Megatron. I tell you what, though, Chris, I, I, I think the animation in this movie stands up okay. You know, there's a lot more money spent on it, but I went back to watch the very first episode. And I must admit, it was a bit of a difficult watch. And I, I just decided not to proceed after that because the animation quality was just so poor. I know. And, and you know what, Dave? It's funny because I said to you a few times, I want to sort of um, go back and watch that Spider-Man. I mentioned it on here when Disney Plus come out and them frauds didn't put the 1960s Spider-Man cartoons on because they were like my VHS go-to rental and stuff. And I know full well that the animations are going to be goddamn awful, Dave. I just know yeah. it. And I'm sort of thinking, do I want to put myself through it? Because I don't want it to ruin the illusion or the memory I have of that series. And that's what I want to talk about when we get into the review in a set. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chris, just before we get into our trailer, um, I, I do have to say I've started going back through the old comics. So around about the same time in 84 when it came out on the cartoons, Marvel were producing Transformers as well. It was all part of this Hasbro strategy to basically flood the kids' minds with Transformers. And you'd be surprised, but a lot of the Transformers canon was it, it was brought about by... Um, 
uh, Jim Shooter, who's, who's the uh, chief edit- editor-in-chief at the time. And uh, yeah, yeah. He came up with a lot, and then you know the writers who developed those different stories. Um, again, I remember when I was going, to, you know, probably a couple of years after this, Marvel UK were producing their own kind of comics line. Um, it was kind of based on the original US stories, and then they'd expand them out. So for the cartoons you got you know 10% of a story but with the comics they were able to kind of expand on it quite a lot so yeah it's been a lot of fun to go back through that gen 1 um marvel run yeah yeah and you know what dave i'm not a comic reader you know that we all know this the premise of this show is that i am not a comic reader really uh, i would be interested to go back because i'd I, I genuinely don't want to watch the cartoons after after what you'd said and knowing what I'm going to go. I just don't want it ruining what I've, I held it in such high esteem. I don't want it ruining it. And I think maybe the comics might be my way back in, really. Yeah, I think I'll check it out. I think you might be able to get them on Amazon Prime. All right, I'll be good, yeah, because I've got Prime, yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll check it out, and then if I if I find it, I'll I'll put it in the show notes as well. But but um, I'm I'm pretty because I've not bought the that first run. I I've just downloaded it, but I I sign up for that uh, Kindle Unlimited as well. So maybe I, I can't remember if it's Prime or Kindle Unlimited. But um, yeah, I'll I'll check it out for you now, Chris. Should we get into our trailer? Let's go. The most incredible rock and roll adventure ever is here. Feed him to the shark gun. Starring Judd Nelson as Hot Rod. Leonard Nimoy as Galvatron. And Orson Welles. I am Beyond good, beyond evil, beyond your wildest imagination. Transformers, the movie. Coming to a theater near you this August. Now we're in the far off future, 2005, <laughs> and the evil Decepticons <laughs> have conquered the planet Cybertron. So the Autobots are basically the, this, the Rebel Alliance, essentially operating off Cybertron's two moons, and they're trying to prepare this counteroffensive. But that pesky laser beak, he's always there like he was in the series, Chris. He's snooping in on the Autobots and realizes uh, that Optimus is, is calling uh, some of the troops back. But Megatron, when he learns of this, decides to go and hijack the ship, and there the slaughter starts, Chris. Now, what do you make, make to the opening of this one? <laughs> um, I, I, 
I, I want to be nice to it, Dave. I really want to be nice to it. But I'm going to put my cards on the table. It's fucking shit, this movie, Dave. I'm sorry. <laughs> cards on the table. This has literally decimated my love for Transformers. You know, when you watch Family Guy, and this is, I was trying to think, and t- you know me, I'm trying, I can never articulate myself at the best of times. It's usually all swear words and expletives. But when I'm watching this movie, Dave, and obviously I don't like what they do to Optimus. They kill Optimus off pretty quick. He does have a valiant effort against Megatron. It's always makes me laugh, though, that a 20-foot high Transformer can turn into a hand pistol, and the law of physics and everything just does never changes but megatron changes into a hand pistol which is fucking stupid um but it's like something you watch on family guy when they talk about a show and they do a parody of it and that's what this turns into it i can only say it's like a paper merchant from slough would say it's mc <laughs> hammer flash dance from mc hammer show <laughs> because the music in this movie does not go with it at all and oh, it's just ridiculous rock music Dave, it's terrible. The, the, but what's that one? Uh, one more touch or whatever it is. Or I need you to got touch. the touch. Ding, you got ding. the touch. Which, which, which probably, <laughs> there's a few people, you know, would lo- love that. It's almost a Rocky type oh, montage song. I love it. I song. love it. Oh, Dave. They play it though over <laughs> and over and over again. They get the money's I, worth out of that one, to be uh, fair. <laughs> Dave, I'll be honest with you. Not only did they take Optimus out, which I think is the worst mistake they could ever make, because apparently, and you, I know you've read this yourself, Hasbro got a bollocking, didn't they? The, 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 the directors of the movie, people who created the cartoon were like, you cannot kill off Optimus Prime. He is the man. And they didn't realise, apparently, in the cinemas, it was a fucking bloodbath, wasn't it? People with kids were crying and everything. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's t- touch on that because, I, I mean, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, Chris, because in all Saturday morning cartoons, so you'd had two series. So this movie sits in between season two and season three of the, the TV car- the cartoon, doesn't it? And yeah. we'd seen you know, uh, Autobots and Decepticons get shot and then they kind of go off and they're like, oh, and then and then next week they're okay again. You know, they've been fixed and what have you. But as soon as the, the ship kind of gets boarded by the Decepticons and then you've got Ratchet and Ironhide there and they get decimated and you can see with the, with the animation, the way it's shot and everything, and also the dramatic music that accompanies it. You can tell that this is different. You know, they don't look like they're just, they've just been winged and they'll be okay. You can sort of tell, hang about, this is a, a bit different. I just couldn't believe it. And then it was only years later, you know, it cost mid 80s, you know, there's no internet to speak of. But, um, so you find out years later that it was all just part of Hasbro's toy strategy. So basically, if all the kids had bought up all of these, you know, what we now call Generation 1 Transformers, well, they can't keep selling them. You know, so they've flooded the market. They've got as, sold as many to as many kids as they're going to. So they essentially need to clear out that whole line, kill them all off, and then come up with some new robots, that, uh, new toys that kids have to buy. That was the basic premise and strategy of Hasbro. And then so you get, you know, from that direction, you get all the writers like trying to come up with a story and everything. And that's that's how it developed from there. But, you know, I, I can't think this is 
Game of, this this makes Game of Thrones look like a Saturday morning cartoon, Chris. In terms of like killing off some of your main cast. Let's face yeah, it, it, after the first few series, who who of the main cast got killed in Game of Thrones? There, there wasn't many, was there? No, and the one they did kill, fucking Jon Snow, he come back anyway. So he's <laughs> yeah. the main guy, wasn't he? I agree, Dave. I, I think what what they did with this movie is if they were gonna do that, maybe do it at the end for the wow factor, you know, Optimus you know, sacrifices himself for the better good and saves everybody. It leaves that open book that possibly they could save him in a sequel or it leads into the TV series and Optimus is reborn at some point. Bigger, better, badder. But they don't. They kill him off within 15 minutes. We get all this shit music playing all the way through. And, and oh, come on, Chris. Bad? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm not having that old Stan Bush, you got the touch. I love it. I, I play that quite often, to be honest. Uh, I think Jimmy Savile did, Dave. But anyway, go on. Oh, hey, I tell you what, before, before we go on, I am not having that, that, that you got the touch is, is shit, right? It was originally written for Cobra, you know? Yep. <laughs> and so if I bet if it was on Cobra and you got old Sly Stallone there, I, I bet you'd be you wouldn't be saying it was so shit. <laughs> <laughs> moving on, moving on, my bias. You could be right there, Dave, actually. it may be my bias because of the movie, but I, I literally struggled with this. I, I just thought everyone was a bit part player to Optimus. The music and the fact that the production value, the whole cost of this movie is $6 million, which was actually more than it cost to make a whole series of Transformers. But I think the quality of the series, as you said, you have watched it, so you're like, oh, my God, and you could be right. But I didn't believe any of it. And obviously, we've got, like, Galvatron there. You know, he's played by Leonard Nimoy, isn't it, Dave? Um, yeah, yeah. So, and then you've got Orson Welles, haven't you, playing uh, Unicron. Yeah, so you've got an all-star cast. It was one of the last things Orson Welles did before he died, actually, Dave, sadly. Um, but I think I just don't buy any of it. I, honestly, when we got the dance move stuff, it just reminded me of watching The Family Guy when they take the piss out of a movie, you know, like a Star Wars parody, and they'll go, <laughs> you know, when Han Solo shot Dingy in the bar, and then they rerun it, don't they, in Family Guy form, and it's a piss take for like a little, like a flash bit which is a whole series is based on them like comments yeah, and it, yeah. it just didn't look real they were speaking in a different language dancing around a fucking totem pole doing ring a ring of roses i was like holy shit what is this <laughs> it random wasn't it? it just just going back though to that first act when you basically get all of the autobots being decimated and and the decepticons kind of get their asses handed to them a bit as well so what what I found funny, so when uh, I, watching this as as an adult, Chris, I, I was a was quite a different experience. Obviously, you know, you're going back and watching cartoons, aren't you? But I remembered it quite well. I used to watch this when I got a copy of it on uh, VHS. I used to watch it over and over, and I, it is one of those that I bought as as a DVD as well years later. But you know, so you get you get this ambush essentially, but then they start attacking the uh, Autobot city, even when it's all closed up and everything. And I found myself wondering, well, why did you wait? (laughs) Why did you wait to make this ambush? If you're just going to attack the city anyway, just fucking attack it. You know, so I found that a little bit strange. But what I did find quite funny is, you know, Automus comes down and you think he's going to come and 
take some names and save the day. And, you know, the, the his sort of ship lands and then he transforms into his truck. Again, his, his back, you know, his cargo thing kind of appears from nowhere, which always puzzled me. And then he starts driving off very slowly on his own away from the ship and all the other Autobots are just waiting behind. They're just like, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> you know what, Dave? It's funny you say that because I always used to wonder, where the fuck does his trailer come from? Even in the movies, he doesn't really drive with a trailer. They, they, they do not have that in the you know the recently updated ones. He'll have a trailer, but he literally, he when he transforms, but in a cartoon, there was never an explanation for it. I remember my mate's toy, I used to think, does that add on to the back of him or something? <laughs> yeah. You know, it doesn't, it's it just, just there. From it's nowhere, it? Yeah, it's just like unexplainable in the cartoon. Maybe they should have had it as like some sort of gun center where like all the ammo was in it or something. You know, like it transformed into something. I don't know. So it should have been more contextual in that, in that respect. However... I do think, I mean, Peter Cullen's amazing. And that voice, I could listen to him Optimus Prime all day long, Dave. I love yeah. that voice. He's one of the most iconic uh, voices in movies, TV, everything it is, without a doubt. But I, I just, I struggled with this. I really did. And I know it's 30-odd years since I've probably watched it. I know that. And I know, like, you know, you know me for taking the piss and that. But it just didn't hit with me. And I kept thinking, this is definitely something I should have left in my memory and not watch because it did ruin it slightly because I just felt that all the way through, like, you know, two of the Transformers get put into a shark pit and then <laughs> then speed underground. Shark decons. Shark decons. <laughs> and I mean, I've, I always hated the, the dinosaurs. I always hate Grimlock and that. I hated really? it. Really? Oh, I hated him, Dave. Absolutely oh, hated I, him. I had Grimlock. I thought he was pretty cool. He was the main one, Grimlock. He yeah, was almost yeah. like Optimus Prime level one of years ago for toys. But... I, I, I didn't like him. I know they put him in, I think it was all with Mark Wahlberg. They were the, um, what they call Dave, not the fucking. Um, Dinobots. Dinobots, that's the story, <laughs> yeah, Dinobots. But I just never, and he never took on for me. And I know there's some comedy elements, but I just couldn't skip past it. And it is of its time. I get that. And I know there's going to be people listening to me going, oh, is Chris just doing his usual shitting on something? I'm not. I went into this absolutely hoping to be like, this is amazing. I'm going to watch some more. Like you watch the X-Men stuff from the early 90s. I've watched about half a dozen, maybe seven, eight episodes of that first series, Dave. And I've dipped my toe in some of the others on Disney Plus, just put the odd episode on Mm -hmm. because it still stands up. I know this was done six, seven years earlier, but it just, for me, it ruins some of my memory slightly. And I didn't feel horrendous, but it just, I think the story's weak. I mean, Galvatron again. Why are they making him into a gun in the in the films? He's he's a fucking plane. You know, it's like I know you've got to follow that on, but I never bought into him just being a gun, Dave. Well, I think I think again, it's part of this whole Hasbro strategy, isn't it, of just making kids buy new toys. So yeah, you know, the fact that you've got Megatron and you know Optimus gets one good punch in, doesn't he? And then that's it. He's, he's kind of, he's done for almost, you know, and then the Decepticons go and run off and then, you know, it's it's Unicron that basically changes him. I, I think the first act is pretty strong and, and that's the, to be honest, that is the best bit of the movie, the first act, I think, uh, where you essentially have Optimus, you know, passing away and uh, you get Galvatron. They're going back to Cybertron, but they end up throwing a load of them out. And then Unicron in, inexplicably just, you know, recreates them, even though he's a planet-sized 
monster himself. You know, if you think too deeply about it, there's not a lot of logic that stands up there. But I just think the second act really does lull quite a lot. So, you know, I, I never got, and even on this rewatch now, I, you know, what the point of the whole um, Shark Decon thing was. I, I don't remember that you could buy any of those. And then you've got this weird kangaroo court kind of thing going on, haven't you, where, you know, everyone's guilty or whether they're guilty or innocent, they get thrown to the sharks anyway. I just thought it was quite unnecessary. And then you have what you think is going to be, um, so Ultra Magnus is uh, played by um, uh, Robert Stack. And uh, you think he's going to take over from Optimus Prime. You know, he's basically a big truck himself. And then he gets blown to smithereens, you know. So, so again, the slaughter kind of continues. Um, but then that's when you have Eric Idle turning up and you've got these, uh, I can't remember what they're called, but, you know, they're, they're junkions or something like that, you know, and they basically rebuild stuff. And you get that random dance scene. I, I just think there was a lot that was unnecessary in this sort of middle act, this second act. And I, yeah. I just don't think it was that strong and and nothing really that much happens i don't think you know um to this is like you know standard hero's journey stuff so you've got hot rod um and again why why someone thought it was a good idea to turn a really cool sports car you know with 80s flames down the side and everything into a into a truck <laughs> you know i don't know who came up with that idea but for for whatever reason you know someone decided he was going to be our hero but he, he didn't really you know go through that much you know that wouldn't be just part of a an episode on a saturday morning so yeah i i found this second act pretty boring to be honest yeah, admit maybe that's what it is, Dave, because obviously we lose Optimus and Megatron. Maybe just my interest went. Because what what I did think when Starscream gets killed and he's his inauguration of like being the new leader, as usual, he's always putting the boot in on Megatron. He doesn't like the, the, the Autobots, but he fucking hates Megatron. There's a jealousy there. <laughs> Even in the, the movies, it's exactly the same. If he can turn on Megatron, he will. And he gives him a boot, kicks him out, and they throw him into space, and obviously he comes back. But... They kill it. He kills him so easy. Like in the cartoons, most of the Transformers shoot like stormtroopers, don't they? They can't hit a barn door of a fucking banjo. That's absolutely terrible. But Galvatron comes down and just takes him out literally straight away, doesn't he? Just absolutely disintegrates in front of his eyes. And I think that's where the inconsistency of the movies are, that literally Optimus and all the other Autobots, they are indestructible. Even the Decepticons are, because there won't be a cartoon if every episode someone major gets killed. But in this, just to suit the movie, I find they get killed too easy for me, far too easy. And obviously at the end, we do see Bumblebee and that, don't we, about to be decimated. And they get saved by the young lad in his little Transformer outfit. But I think that's probably why it falls off, Dave, because I just don't believe contextually any of this would have happened in the cartoons. It just serves the movie. And I think, really, it left me with more questions than answers. And if I was going into the next series, I don't think I would have been infused to go, I can't wait to find out what happens. Because most of the characters I'm interested in, whether good or bad, have been killed. And you can't just do that after two series, two full seasons, and then get rid of your main cast. You're getting rid of everybody starting again. It's just, you, you should have just split, splintered off. A bit like The Walking Dead. So you've got The Walking Dead, and then you've got, What's that one before it? The, the prequel one that's still going. Something Walking Dead. That's um, 
Oh, what's he called, Dave? It's Fear of the Walking Dead, isn't it? Fear of the Walking Dead. So you have have something that's within this, like anything, you have something that's within the same universe, but it's just not the same. And that's how I think they should have done it, not doing that. Yeah, I, I can't think of any other franchise that has cleared the chessboard completely and then just started with a whole bunch of new characters. And yeah. I think, like you say, uh, they had their reasons driving it. And for that, I do think it makes this movie quite unique. But what I also wonder as well is, apart from people who are basically in and around our age, who'd watched the Saturday morning cartoons for two series, bought all the figures and everything, played with the figures, with your, with your mates and everything, and then watched this, and watched all of those people get decimated... If you're not in that age group, I just don't know how well this would stand up because you mm. you have to watch it in the context of that time. And as a standalone yeah. film, I don't really think it does enough to, you know, bring you, you know, make you fall in love with these new characters. I mean, you had Cup as well, didn't you? This this old guy, you know, this old veteran Transformer. It's like, well, we've never met him before. You know, he just suddenly sprung up in this movie, you know, and he, he seems to be a wily old uh, soldier, but we've never seen him. Yeah. You, you know, so it, it just seemed very, very strange for that. Um, and you also get, uh, you know, we get introduced to Blur, don't we? He's he's one of the one of the new ones. But some of these Transformers, they, they didn't look like real cars. You know, boxy 80s cars, they had this futuristic look about them as well. So honestly, Chris, I, I like I say, I loved this movie at the time. I was devastated by it, but I kind of kept going back and re-watching it and re-watching it. But I think this is the time when it sort of, they kind of screw the pooch a bit, don't they? Because yeah, after 86, you know, I think they had a couple more seasons with all these new characters and what have you. And I seem to remember watching, you know, somewhere they're trying to bring Optimus Prime back, you know, and you end up with this like zombie Optimus Prime thing, you know, and, and since then, you, you know, in the movies and everything, even you always kind of have that trope now, don't you, of Optimus dying, but I think the the popularity of Transformers after this movie really started to decline. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think the, the reboot of the movies, I love their movies, especially the first two that came out, you know, mid-2000s. Brilliant, Dave. Absolutely brilliant. I, and I know there's been different versions of the cartoons. I've never watched any of them. Different variations. They had to bring Optimus back, which they did. It was absolute career suicide for the franchise. And that might be why, Dave, it fell off a cliff slightly. Because around about the, the the mid to late 80s, especially the late 80s, the Turtles took over, didn't it? The Turtles yeah. was huge and Transformers wasn't the juggernaut it had been. Obviously, we were getting older. The main audience who were into it were, were getting older, moving on to different things. But I love the Turtles, me, after that. I absolutely was into them until I was like 11, 12 years old. And then, then it was like proper football and uh, girls came on the scene, Dave. Obviously, you know, having a live <laughs> figure in front of you, then I think it was a lot better. So, yeah. Were your karate kid skills? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I I think Hasbro just massively underestimated, didn't they? The the love that people had for these characters, and then by clearing the decks completely, I think it was a good jumping off point for everyone. Yeah, I mean, I know I mentioned it before, Dave, but I think what was interesting was when it gets to the end pieces of it, it just falls apart even more. You know, like I said about the shark bots, whatever they were called, and 
they're in like it's almost like walking the plank situation, and then you've got the whole fight at the end with Galvatron and um I, it, it, who fights him at the end, Dave? Is it Ironhide who fights him? So you've got Hot Rod. And Hot Rod, that's it. Yeah, they, yeah. they've yeah, ended yeah, up, yeah. you know, um, so when Optimus passed away, and you get this thing, this uh, this Matrix, you know, which I don't think had been mentioned in any of the the cartoons at all, you know, so he finally gets to open that because I think Galvatron had tried to take on Unicron, hadn't he, you know, with, with this uh, Matrix but essentially, you know, and and I think that, that that whole idea of the Matrix, I think that lives on in the movies as well. Come to think of it, but yeah, you get you get a bit of a fight, don't you? But again, that's when you get the music, Chris. That's when you get the you got the touch, dude. <laughs> and he opens up the Matrix, <laughs> and then he transforms. He gets a load bigger, and like I say, you get this cool '80s car turning into a big, you know, truck. And then he he kicks Galvatron's ass, throws him out of the side of Unicron, and uh, you know they all kind of all the Autobots gang up against Unicron, and I think the Matrix ends up blowing him up, you know, and saving Cybertron because he tried to rip it apart because Unicron is is the biggest bloody Transformer ever, and yeah, I, I must admit, watching watching it back now, it it fell flat for me to be honest. Yeah, and that's not like just being, you know, I agree. I don't necessarily, it's even just a case of a bias of, of like 40 odd years later, 35 years later, was both watching it thinking we've seen so much better stuff. It, does, it doesn't matter. It's just poor for me. And the whole, like it's Eric Idle doing his Monty Python shit. He's terrible. You know, and, and that song goes on for about 10 minutes at the end. It really <laughs> does. And it even ends on a fucking montage. I mean, you know, we all love a bit of Rocky Four. We loved it. We reviewed it. Great movie, but this doesn't fit that for me. I know you say you got the touch, you know it so well. I just was like, oh, fucking hell, you know. So <laughs> I, I think, I think, hand on heart, like watching it again, it ruined a lot of what I loved about the Transformers movies, about well, the CV series. Then, anyway, it's not going to ruin the movies, anything like that. But this was something that was totally unnecessary, and the fact that you kill off everybody is nonsense. That is one of the worst marketing decisions ever. It was some marketing department decided that they were going to do this to earn a lot of cash. And when you're doing stuff like that to your fans, to your dedicated fans, then you're on a, a loser. And I'm glad they did fall off slightly because they deserved all the shit they got for that Hasbro because it was an absolute disgrace. Optimus, you could have killed everyone else by Optimus and he could have had a new breed of Transformers. But no, you kill off the main man. And they said people saw it in the cinema as they killed off the dad of the family. And you mm. never do that, Dave. You know what I mean? Look what happened to Bambi and her mum. You know what I mean, Dave? It was not good after that, was it? So. <laughs> but but Bambi was your main character then, wasn't wasn't? Yeah, she? yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I, I think the the biggest reason why this does fall a little bit flat now is just because you still associate more with those Generation One Transformers, I think. And after this, I I remember I was still kind of into Transformers a bit, you know, they had all these different lines. You had uh, Headmasters, I seem to remember, where you had these little, you know, little tiny men who who were the head, essentially, and then the, the body was, you know, a bigger part of the Transformer. So they kept churning them out. But you didn't, I don't think after this movie, you didn't have that emotional attachment. You know, if, if you know, they'd have had Optimus Prime, 
saving Cybertron at the end there, you know, I think you'd be more emotionally bought into it. But essentially, like I say, I don't think they did enough to make us really fall in love with these newer characters. And so it was just a bit, yeah, so they won. They saved Cybertron. Well, it's not like it's saving Earth, is it? You know, did did any of us really ever care about what was going on on Cybertron? I know that's where they're from yeah. and everything, but, you know, they're... they're journeys their their kind of missions and stuff they were all based on earth so yeah i i was a little bit surprised how this one how much this one did fall flat but chris i think we should go into our final review good idea let's go now chris do you want to go first yeah of course um like i say i've summed it up quite well watching uh if you do say so yourself. Again. If I do say so myself. <laughs> oh, but no, I've summed up, summed up my thoughts pretty well. I'm not yours, obviously. I'm not trying to speak for you. Um, but yeah, it just fell absolute on its arse for me. Uh, it really did. And, and I, I felt bad then. I was like, oh, no, you've, this has fucked up a lot of memories I had. It's okay. And I only like it when Optimus is on and Megatron and Starscream, all the original Bumblebee and all that. The rest of the characters are forgettable. I think you're right. There's no emotional attachments to these new guys because you're still mourning the fact that your main hero has died within 15 minutes of the movie starting. This movie runs for 85 minutes and you've killed off the main guy, the, probably the one person everybody would have gone to the cinema to watch. And that is nonsense. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I've been trying to work out where I'm going to send it, Dave, and I'm like, do we send it to the bottom? Do we not? But... I, <sighs> I think more than anything, I've got to send it to the Phantom Zone, Dave. It's oh. just poor. It's poor. And I'll never watch it again. I, I'd, I would go and watch the series and I, I'd love to be proven wrong with what you said, but it doesn't give me anything sustainable and, and there's no happy memories to this. Plus, when Optimus was gone, I was out. So what about yourself, Dave? Well, I, as I said, I loved this movie growing up as a kid. I... I, I probably watched it a few more times over the years than than you have so it wasn't a surprise sort of going back and watching it now and you know I'd watched it a few times as an adult so you know I, I think probably it's not jarred with me quite the same as it has with you I, th- I do think what I said before is I think you have to be in and around our age group to really have this movie kind of hit home and it's all to do with that first act, that Autobot slaughter that we had. I still think, I, I can't think of another franchise. And and if you didn't know that ultimately what was driving it was Hasbro, Hasbro's greed, essentially, you know, to try yeah. and sweep away all of these toys that all the kids had bought and basically render them dead, <laughs> you know, not, not send them away, you know, not sweep in a new team, basically kill them all off. So, you know, you're going to have kids pestering their parents for, you know, these new toys. That's, that's what they wanted to happen. But I, I would have thought it was a brave decision, but as I said, it, it just seems like a greedy corporate one. I think the strong. I think the first act is the the strongest piece. I think the for me personally, I love the music. You know, I quite happily go back to listen to a bit of Stan Bush, and uh, it is weird though. You know, having that eighties metal music, you know, uh, playing away. You know, in hindsight, but yeah, that that does strike a chord with me. I possibly will watch this again, but when I'm watching it now critically. I do notice that lull in the in the middle quite a lot. 
And then I also wonder at the end, well, has has the main character, so Hot Rod, who then becomes Rodimus Prime, has the movie done enough to make me identify with him as the main lead character? I don't know if it does, and I'm still mourning the loss of um, not only Optimus Prime, but, you know, Ratchet, Ironhide, these, these characters. Jazz, I was quite delighted, you know, seemed to, I think, did he make it? I can't remember. I think I think he might have made it. I think he might have made been on it, the second yeah. moon. So, um, yeah, like I say, because I had him as, he was one of my first ever, I think he might have been my first ever Transformers. So the fact that he made it, you know, I, I feel quite good about even though he played almost no role in the movie, as did Bumblebee. So, yeah, I'm going to be a, a little bit more kind to it. I'm going to I'm gonna say, send this one to Hall of Justice, I think. I, I think it does enough. I, I think it's, a, again, for our age group. I think if, you know, I can't show this to my kids, or I've tried to, but they don't like it. And, and again, I think, well, why would you? Because unless you've watched the first two se- seasons and built this emotional attachment to all these characters, you know, this is kind of akin to the Red Wedding in Game of Thrones, I think. This is this is killing off, you know, uh, or, or, you know, killing off Ned Stark in season one, maybe. You know, the, where you're like, holy shit, I can't believe you've just done that. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think any other franchise would be so foolhardy in making that same decision. You know, Hasbro have done everyone else a favor, really, in saying, like, you know, if you've got these really popular characters, I tell you what, put them in danger, make it feel like there's a danger there, but don't actually just kill them all off. Because <laughs> yeah. people will, uh, will rally against that. So, yeah, I, I think, like I say, I probably possibly will go back and rewatch it. In fact, you know, before the end of my life, I'm sure I will, Chris. But, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't hold up to the love that I, I kind of remember of it. No, I Good review, Dave. Yep, you definitely articulated better than I did. Such saying fucking shit. You, you're right there. Very good review. Um, but no, it, obviously, guys, if you want to get in contact with us, if you agree, disagree with us, and please watch it, it is available there on, online uh, at Comics in Motion P on Twitter, the Comics in Motion podcast at gmail.com. And as always, we have loads of different shows on our channel, guys. Get over to the podcast feed on your podcast catching choice and these different things with different people. I've seen that uh, Mike Burton on the Star Wars comic comics in canon is getting absolutely loads of mentions at the moment there's some really great topics over there they're just among some of the other great people we've got on our channel so dave thank you for today my friend and have you got anything to lead us out with <laughs> nice well what i will say is so next week's review we're going to go back and we're going to look at the hulk um we did do a, a we've done a pilot episode where uh chris is pitted against Tony Farida uh, on defending the 2003 Ang Lee Hulk. And so next Thursday, we'll be looking at the, the movie and doing a full review of it. But uh, And we're not quite sure when we're going to release this, this new show, this comic's on trial, uh, but that'll be available in the next few weeks as well. Now, all I'll say to you, Chris, so it's been a great, great review. Thank you very much. And I think we should just... Roll out. Excuse me, I'm Eric Ventra. Tell Xavier. Go fuck yourself. What in the ass? Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. 
I just like the sound. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Would you care to step outside? Come to me, son of Jerome! Kneel before Zor! Why so serious? Let's put a smile on that face. I am Iron Man. I'm Batman. And he? Goodie. Whoa! Hey! 